Hi, I'm Balash Komar and uh, we are here at ICQ Tech Talks and I'm really happy to introduce Sean Larkin. Uh, he's a program manager at Microsoft and uh, he's a maintainer at Backpack. Um, we have another guest, Johannes uh, Evald. Uh, he's a developer for Backpack uh, core team and he's an open source contributor and a hiker, nature lover. So, guys, can you can you give us a brief of your history and how did you how did you get to tech actually? Oh, that's a super long story. <laughs> I rant a lot, so but you get you have the best uh, better uh, story. It is a really good story. <laughs> okay, I'll try and make it as quick okay. as possible. So. I was in college for uh, my bachelor's in music. Yeah. I became a Kapellmeister or like a, a church musician. And, uh, but then I moved and got a stable job in tech support. So just like answering phones and like helping people with technical problems. I got so sick of it that I started to teach myself how to program. Um, and uh, I was doing such a good job in tech support that I had so much time to learn to program on the job and they were okay with it and eventually they promoted me to a software engineer. Um, but ever since I had that title, I was able to get a job anywhere else. That's kind of what's amazing about the tech industry. Yeah. I mean, I'm leaving out good details, but I think it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> but, um, you know, since then, uh, you know, I found out about this project called Webpack and I became obsessed with it because for me the first time as a developer, the experience was incredible. And Ever since I obsessed about it and I wanted to be involved with the project, and that's how I met Johannes, who was uh, you know helping maintain at the time, and um, you know, then we created a core team, and I started doing conference talks about Webpack because I love teaching people about it, uh, and that's what actually led me to getting a job at Microsoft. So, you know, they they had me come out to Redmond. They said, "Hey, we love your talks. We love you know your writing. We love your open source code, and we want you to work at Microsoft." And so. Um, Super humbling, and I wouldn't be here without open source or webpack. So I think that's pretty cool. We are happy you found this community. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm so I'm so in debt, you know, to them. And uh, Johannes, what's your story? <clears throat> it's not so funny, <laughs> but no, just I, cool. Yeah, um, I love to play computer and yeah. um, fiddle around with the computer. But actually, I, I never like I thought that I'm not the programming guy. Um, and I started to study uh, interactive media. It's a mixture between graphic design and, and computer science. And uh, so I, I wanted to become a UX designer. Yeah. But suddenly I, I, I got so interested in, in programming. I, I don't know why. Like I, I remember when I sat in the university and I saw public static main void. <laughs> string brackets and I, I thought what is this I don't understand it and, and I was so frustrated that I started like to really dig into the source code and and, and then I was a programmer I didn't really know, know why <laughs> but I, now I really enjoy it and I, love, I also love teaching I teach JavaScript and it's a lot of fun I see uh, in a previous comment we just uh, heard a shy comment about her CSS <laughs> Magics in uh, in the backpack. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Uh, so um, I started to get involved in backpack very very soon in 2012, um, and until then there was only Browserify, 
uh, and they um, they were kind of conservative uh, for like new ideas. They had this they, their mission was bring node modules to the browser, which means JavaScript, CommonJS, nothing else, no code splitting. And I was kind of frustrated and searched for alternatives, and then I saw Webpack, uh, which is actually based on a different uh, project that a lot of people don't know. The original project is called WebMake. Modules WebMake. Modules WebMake, right. Uh, <laughs> and the pull request for Modules WebMake is still open. That Tobias still. created in 2012. He's suggesting code splitting, right? Yes, it got rejected, so Tobias. Who's the, who's the founder of Webpack? Uh, forked it, and and I I saw I saw the project and I thought it's kind of weird, but <laughs> it does exactly what I want. Code splitting. Uh, I think there was already support, support for yeah. uh, for loaders, yeah. and uh, so I got really involved there and um, uh, creating the loaders and maintaining it, and uh, yeah, uh, but. I did not uh, invent CSS modules. That's something. True, true. But you were, you did have heavy maintenance of like the yeah. S, yeah. CSS integrations, basically all the style integrations with Webpack. Yeah, yeah. That's really nice. Nice, nice job. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, uh, okay, we, we started to talk about Webpack a bit. What's your, what? How do you see the whole, whole Webpack thing at the moment? The current current thing and how do you see it in the next three months, six months, three years, whatever? Uh, can I go first? Yeah, sure. So, uh, I never say this, but I, I think I should maybe more often, is that um, what Webpack represents is a reflection of the current state of the ecosystem, right? So, um, Webpack is super popular um, because it is so flexible that it is able to be used in you know, by a variety of different scenarios for different people in different ways. So having flexibility, having configuration is one of its keystone uh, features. Um, but when you think about it from a higher level, that uh, what as long as the ecosystem for web and creating web apps stays diverse, yeah. Webpack will also be incredibly diverse uh, in the ways that you can use it. And so I think if the future of the web stays that way, I think Webpack will continue to be incredibly popular. Um, I think if the web uh, starts to merge into one or two different formats, I also think that gives us a lot of opportunity to do way new things. Yeah. But I think we're always a reflection of the state of the web. Uh, you know, do you yeah. think so? Yeah, and uh, so I, I gave a talk on the future of bunders uh, in, uh, in February in Amsterdam. And, um, so, and I asked myself, will we use bunders in the future? Mm -hmm. Because uh, right now there are specifications for, so first of all, there are ECMAScript modules in the browser. So there are some people that say you don't need a bunder anymore, and uh, technically they are correct. And um, cost. <laughs> with big trade-offs. Yeah, yeah um, and they, now there are specifications to import HTML into JavaScript or CSS into JavaScript, so there is probably going to be a standard uh, someday. Um, but the interesting thing is that you, uh, I think you will still need a bundler to really make it fast because there is so, so lo a lot you can do on build time that you don't want, don't want to do on runtime. Absolutely. Uh, we, we have to wait for like proper performance measurements to like to 
do any judgment, uh, but uh, that's my my feeling. Well, pretty comfortable. Yeah, and the interesting thing is that the more things get standardized, the better it's it is for Webpack because we can do more out of the box because we can assume same yeah, defaults, safe assumptions, right? Yeah. The more defaults we have, the more accessible it yeah. becomes to other people. Yeah. Okay, and um, do so. Would you say so? Probably it's like what we saw, on, like on the off stage, is that everybody is using Webpack now, like at least in this conference. So I can uh, I can give you some stats if you're interested. Can you? Yeah. So uh, I can speak for Microsoft. Okay. So Webpack is the third most used open source project at Microsoft. So think of all the open source projects in the world. Webpack is number three most used across the entire company. Um, it is used by 80% of new web applications that are being created today um, are using Webpack. Um, we have almost over 30 million downloads a month from the registry that consumes the package, which is more than any other mainstream library or bundling tool. Um, and we consume about 98% of the market share or mind share when it comes to having a bundler for your web application. So it's pretty synonymous. Every major framework. Okay, we had a, a really great uh, presentation today from you guys. Thank you. And uh, just for our viewers, can you give us a small brief or a shorter brief uh, about it? Yeah, you can. You can do the first one. No, you just. You want to? Okay, okay. So <laughs> we tried. We gave a bunch of tips, right? And we're going to just summarize. I think maybe three important pieces you should okay. know. Um, one, when you're getting started, a huge tip is to literally start from nothing. Don't use config. So Webpack is known for this tool that can be configured uh, with a configuration file to do all these different things, but we also have incredible defaults. And you can use Webpack without even writing a configuration to create a JavaScript project uh, or a web application. And so we always say start with nothing first to understand Webpack's capabilities. Um, and then second, uh, we would say, what was the second one? Respect. Oh, yeah, 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 respect, right. So um, something that we see often happen across the entire ecosystem is that um, developers don't treat their build infrastructure, their, con their build configs, their build settings with the same respect and quality that they treat the rest of their normal everyday code, right? But if they did, or I mean, because they don't, they end up with the same problems because Webpack is config as code, right? Yeah. So um, if you neglect it, you're going to end up with a monster that you think is a pain to maintain. You're going to complain about it, maybe tweet on Twitter, and I'm going to say, <laughs> can I look at your config and it's going to be a mess? And I'm going to say, well, why did you write it like this? This yeah. doesn't look like your great code over here. Uh, so and so we, we just try to say, like, hold it to the same standard that you hold any of your other development practices, uh, and you're assured to have a really um, maintainable build system. And then I think finally, uh, all the tips that we talked about are in our documentation. We go to great lengths to ensure that features that exist in Webpack are, are able to be found and, and referenced in our documentation. So webpack.js.org is where you can find them. Yeah. Um, and once the talk gets posted, you can even take a look at our, our super secret 11 tips. Yeah. And then the secret bonus. Can, can you give us some one tip from the eleven's list or two? We gave you one, which was like start with no config. But I would say, what, what is another good one? 
a good one or an easy one to explain? <laughs> easy one to explain. Okay. Or I can say you use Webpack Merge. Yeah. Yeah, use Webpack Merge. It's a it's a library that lets you compose pieces of your configuration just like you would compose different pieces of your code, right? Um, yeah. And it makes it really easy to uh, isolate and encapsulate different build settings so that it's easy to read and it's maintainable to you know update in the future. Okay. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So guys, always a, a, an easy question. But not easy, depending on. <laughs> but what would you suggest for a small or a big team? So when we are at scale and these kind of stuff. Uh, so in general, I um, I would um, suggest that um, what I often see is that in teams uh, there is one person who does the webpack config, and uh, people always refer to that person. Uh, he's the webpack guy, <laughs> and that's something I would not do. In general, it's always a good idea to spread the knowledge across the team, and this Absolutely. applies for small teams and for big teams. Totally. Uh, for big teams, in some companies, there's this requirement that you share the webpack configuration, and in general, I would say first try to avoid it because you slow down a lot if you do that, yes. um, because you have this dependency between between all the teams. Mm -hmm. But there are some projects. Uh, for instance, I worked uh, on for a client, and they had this requirement to stand out a lot of projects, uh, throwaway projects. Uh, it was a newspaper, <coughs> and uh, so they wanted to always have the same configuration and uh, not reconfigure it every time. Mm -hmm. uh, so it made sense to abstract the config into a common uh, module, mm -hmm. and uh, that's something that can make sense for bigger teams just to streamline the. Uh, the, the technology or the experience, but be careful about that. Creates a dependency. Yeah, yeah. Microsoft, uh, you know, we have hundreds and hundreds of teams working on web projects, and they're all different, right? Um, large shared projects, like let's say um, the Outlook web application or the Office 365, you know, dashboard. Um, there, are, we rely on tools that will help us generate configurations or we will rely on being able to have a team that manages all of your build infrastructure, right? Uh, we, we also really agree that you should have, this knowledge should be super accessible and everybody should have a basic competency of Webpack, um, but we also find value because uh, we also find value in having a core team dedicated to infrastructure because it's just as important as code, right? Mm -hmm. And so having people uh, focus and manage and create tooling around these uh, different libraries um, really allows developers who just want to focus on writing UI, write UI, and those developers who want to work on infrastructure and performance work on those things. I see. Uh, what would be the next challenge for you guys? I got two. I got one. Okay. I'll, I'll do mine too really quickly. So, because it's the same topic, kind of. So, I think that there's two really main problems that haven't really been solved yet, uh, that have been solved well. So, specifically with Webpack, one is um, build time, or how, how fast or how performant your build runs. Mm -hmm. So, with these huge scale projects at Microsoft, we have like watch or development mode builds that take 40 to 50 seconds, right, for a single reload. Yeah. And that's unacceptable, right? If we can cut that down by half 
or you know by 75%, we could save millions, millions, and millions of dollars, right? So um, build performance at scale, I think, is one of the first ones that we're trying to work on right now for Impact Five, and I think really even needs new technology in the JavaScript Node ecosystem to make it really fast. The second is actually smart web performance, so making your web applications faster by default. We do a great job at giving you the tools you need, but um, a lot of times developers don't realize these tools exist or they don't want to take the extra effort to apply them, right? And so making applications faster by default I think is something really important because it's going to preserve the future of the web. So I think that, that's for me. Your first point was my point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, it's still a point for me. say Webpack 5, right? Our motto is quality over timeline or date, right? So, uh, or as Tobias, you know, the original creator says, when it's finished, when it's ready, <laughs> when it's done. So, you know, we, we really rely on the ecosystem yeah. to beta test, report bugs, and uh, make us really confident in saying that we can ship a new major version, right? Because everyone is going to get this major version. Everyone is going to have at least a couple breaking changes and expects to migrate. So the level of quality that we are held to is extremely high, and that's why we always have to focus on quality first. And for like in, in Webpack 4, we deprecated a lot of things, mm -hmm. uh, but they're still in, in, the, in the core. Um, but now the deprecation warnings show up, and in Webpack 5, these things will be removed. So right. uh, we also need, need like, give the ecosystem some time to, to adapt to the changes. And we gave them a whole major version to do. <laughs> we gave them a whole major version in time. So. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so let's shift to the topics that are more human in a way. Okay. <laughs> because we already spoke, it's great developer experience, by the way, uh, the whole thing. But uh, when we talk about, about hiring a new candidate, or like, what are you looking into someone when you are hiring as, as a person? Um, so like, for me, one of my main roles with Webpack is that I've always wanted to add or find new maintainers or people uh, to help step up and, and take charge over parts of the project, right? And so in many ways, like, I'm the person who onboards new potential maintainers or mm -hmm. those who come to me. And so one of the qualities that I expect, right, um, there's a couple. So one is uh, you have to be fearless, uh, fearless in a way that you're not afraid to make mistakes. Because at least for me personally, mistakes are how you learn life. And um, as a musician, right, let's say for piano, you are a failure 100,000 times until you play the piece perfectly. And it's not saying that we're expecting perfection, but that failure is a part of how you learn and that you should make it normal and be really comfortable with it um, and be forward with that. And I think also, um, also be honest with yourself about what you, what you want out of a specific job or a role, right? If, you know, sometimes a maintainer would come to me and say, you know, like, I, you know, I, I want to be a maintainer, I'd say, well, why? What do you, what do you love most about it? And they usually don't have an answer, right? Uh, so, you know, I, I tell people, you know, uh, 
be honest with yourself about what your intentions are. Do you want to become a great conference speaker? Do you want to you know, work on some of the most used code in the JavaScript ecosystem? Do you want to work on hard, complex projects? I think um, being honest with yourself about what you want to do with your future um, is really important because you're, you're about to dedicate or commit to this time, especially if you're interviewing or you know, yeah. nominating yourself to do this kind of work. So um, I think that, that would be my two. Yeah. Um, especially in the open source project, people think that contribution to the open source project is like writing a lot of code. Totally and right. I think people should have the right expectation about that because um, I think like, in the beginning when you start an open source project, it is writing a lot of code. But then when the, uh, when the project gets adopted and a lot of people use it, the majority of tasks is reading issues, reviewing pull requests, giving feedback to pull requests, uh, maybe sometimes run npm publish if it's not automated. Jeez, mm -hmm. um, and then if it even gets bigger, it's finding sponsors. It's going to talks and or going to conferences and talking about your project, yeah. uh, like helping you know doing support, yeah. like you know finding like creating roadmaps for the yeah. future, right? You know, yeah. answering to people who use your project that are super important, yeah. things like that. And you also need a lot of like good social skills because uh, when you get pull requests, in my experience, um, I would say like fifty percent uh, is uh, or like thirty percent is not acceptable at all. Like the 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 underlying assumption was just wrong, and you have to communicate that that this yes. change is not going to land. And then there are like thirty forty percent of pull requests that uh, require changes, and you have to. To tell people um, how to do it and uh, be um, yeah patient and, and still be kind to them. Uh, so that's all like qualities that a lot of people don't see that you need as an open source maintainer. Yeah, yeah. Being upfront and honest is always like it's so important. Uh, I think like a lot of times people get burnt out by just not being honest with how they're feeling about the work on a project yeah. or um, you know like like I have a really hard time saying no. <laughs> you know, like I did an interview yeah. just before this, like, somebody goes, well, will you do an interview? I'm like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then you guys are like, what about us? <laughs> but, like, I have a really hard time saying no, right? Yeah. But that's another quality that, you know, is, like, be no when you got to be able to say no to somebody. You can't always be a pleaser. So, you yeah. always have to make choices. I also have another tip because I actually do also hire in my company, so I, yeah. I sometimes do the interviews. And we do not focus focus a lot on technical stuff. Um, so we don't do like this, uh, like a checklist, how you can react or white, whiteboard uh, interviews. Yeah. Uh, so what we are looking for is like the intention, why you, why, why you want exactly. to, to do that, the motivation. Yeah. And, um, we had sometimes we had applications from people that uh, don't have a lot of experience, but it's, and they said, oh, I really want to do that. It's, it's so much fun, and we we just had a chat about like um, yeah how how much fun it is, and then we realized okay this person really wants to get involved, and until now we we made uh, like good choices with this approach. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, um, and. So far, how, how do you like the conference of Reactive Conference 2019? Uh, it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, this is one of my, like, uh, I have a very short list of my most favorite conferences. 
uh, that like I look forward to going to every year if possible, and this is in that list. Um, not only is the city of Prague incredibly beautiful, yeah. the food and the beer is incredibly good. Uh, the organizers take such good care of you. I couldn't ask for anything more. Honestly, there's nothing I can ask for also. Yeah. Yeah. This is a coveted conference to go to as a speaker. And because of that, the quality of the talks are also incredibly good. Even for speakers, right? It takes a lot to really like get me to listen to another talk, right? Because I'm usually talking with people. And it's like, but like for those to pull me in, the quality is so good. That's awesome. Yeah. I want to say that the quality. You always steal some. I'm sorry. <laughs> I ramble. <laughs> I, I talk too much. Our so, brains are still connected. They life. are connected. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, guys, thank you for today and uh, for this interview.